2: Morgan, have you been able to engage a wombat in a foot race?
3: This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody.
2: Recording in progress. <laughs> I would love to meet that woman. I want I want her on the podcast, the woman who goes recording in progress. <laughs>
3: I'm not sure how much of it is an actual woman anymore. Um, of course, you know they, the is analog, it a robot. The analog would have been from a human's voice, but then they take. You know, who knows? You know how much they've changed it with uh, their their tech and whatnot. Now, no. Lebotard years ago had the original Siri on the show. Oh, cool! Back in 2017, I think something like that. Wow! Yeah, Siri showed up for a little bit, but uh, I'm not sure about the Zoom lady and how much they're using recording in progress right 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 it sounds like they've processed it a decent amount and uh so does that mean artificial intelligence can say that right yes yeah and that's actually one of the things um welcome everybody to the greg cody show with greg cody um, but <laughs> oh yeah right out of the gate we're going robot takeover um uh, that that's one of the debates with um the writer strike and and the uh actors uh the, the sag after after strike that's going on right now is the debate over what you can use someone's name image and likeness for um wow. because in theory and and actually a few actors have already done this or have, have talked about this they've uh they've used either someone's images or um, their voice, and th- and they run it through their, their tech, you know, and use artificial intelligence to be able to take that voice and make them say anything. And the studios feel, or at least some of the studios feel, that they can do this without having to pay the artist anything extra. Of course they do. And ultimately, it's going to turn into something where... Where the studios are probably going to try to play it are having contracts that say, just sell us your, you know, name, image, and likeness for perpetuity. And of course, it'll be an exorbitant price. Right. But then that's something they can use in in perpetuity. I think I've probably said perpetuity too many times. Yeah, uh, you really uh, did but yeah word five dollar word (laughs) but that's a big point of debate and argument and and there are several actors and that that don't want that to be the case and i i can understand that look as someone who would love to be doing some voice work i don't like the idea of having to compete against computers you know
2: yeah don't you think it's weird though um when there's i still call them cartoons when there's an animated film and the voice actor, and it could be a big name actor. Let's say it's Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Okay, all of a sudden, Dustin Hoffman's name is is on this film. You know, so and so, such and such starring, featuring Dustin Hoffman, and so and so. You never see Dustin Hoffman. He's not playing a role. What I would consider playing a role. You just hear his voicing a cartoon. I don't like why I don't
3: consider that Dustin Hoffman in a film. Ah, got you. So well, it's acting. Like you are, ha- I mean, like it is a true performance when you go behind that microphone. I mean, it's a lot of work because you're trying to make it, yeah. ma- you've got to get the feel that they want for the animation. Sure. Uh, I'm what I'm not sure. Cause I haven't done this yet is that like they, you probably have to sync it up there. I'm sure there's at least somewhere you have to sync up. Heck even in live action movies, man, they, uh, they will go back and re-record the audio for several scenes. There's a, there's a good video of Hugh Jackman when they were, uh, from when they were filming Logan. Um, you see him with microphones all around him and on the screen is the film and, and it's a scene of him running as Wolverine and, and Hugh Jackman's like, like running with him, like in place and, and doing the, uh, ah, ah, you know, <laughs> like, like trying to match what. You know, he right. would have been doing in, in when they were actually filming on location yeah. just to make sure they get the right quality sound. That happens all the time. I can't remember. No, I can
2: But for me, if, if I'm not seeing the actor on the <laughs> screen, he's not in the movie. I'm sorry. Really? No insult to voice actors meant, but that's just the way I feel. It's <laughs> um, the weirdest. It is. It's. You know Dustin Hoffman not in a movie if I don't see him on the screen. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't believe that, Greg. That is yeah. It, it could be a Dustin Hoffman uh, impersonator making that voice.
3: I don't it, know. But it, it, it's true. But that I mean that that's one of the debates. I mean even Levitard shows joked around that we have enough audio of Stu Gatz. that and and Stu would love this. But they they we have enough audio of Stu Gatz. we could put together entire conversations, especially because so much of what he says is uh huh hmm oh right. yeah. you know it's just he's not listening anyway <laughs> right and you know so they could just they could just have a soundboard of Stugots and just play it in there are people have taken clips from uh the more famous ones are of uh hank hill from king of the hill right of him calling in one of calling a lowe's hardware and asking for a tap and die and some wd-40 i'm looking for a tap and die and some wd-40 and uh him getting really mad at them you know you giblet head and uh <laughs> so you can do that. Like that technology is there and they've used it and people haven't gotten paid and that's one of the things behind the strike. We need to build in protections for the people who don't want that to happen. Right. They want to be able to protect their ability for future earnings and and work to continue their craft.
2: Lebetard and I have had this argument off air. You know, he always makes fun of me for, you know, not doing back in my days every week and I always tell him, "How about how about you replay a really good back in my day from five years ago that nobody remembers, that they would enjoy all over again. Why why is that a crime? Why isn't that done? Like, Like my favorite back in my day of all time is one I call drawbridges. I don't even remember it. I would love to hear that
3: again, but they just don't do that. So... Well, I don't know. From Dan, from Dan's point, I mean, that's lazy, Greg.
2: Yeah, it you is. <laughs> but look, it it's also uh, you know,
3: artists put out greatest hits albums. That's lazy too. Yes, it is. But it is something that the consumer likes. It's to to fulfill a con- usually a, a lot of times to fulfill a contractual requirement with and, the record label. And, and to and, fill <laughs> a wallet,
2: because those sell very well. Yeah. They're consumed voraciously, as yeah. as would um
3: a greatest hits of back in my day if he would do that <laughs> Creedence clearwater revival that their greatest hits album is one of that's the first album i played through on guitar to try to learn the chords to every song uh because bad moon rising was the first song i ever learned right and so i just took that whole greatest hits album and just tried to play and, and listen to it by, played it by ear and just learned the chords to every song. Okay, and, we, uh, uh,
2: we've started on a tangent, a, a multiple faceted <laughs> tangent. So I want to say, welcome to the Greg Cody Show podcast. Happy to have you all back. Uh, great episode we have on um, the minister of fantasy football, Field Yates of ESPN. And I'm excited about that. Christopher had a great conversation with him. Fun, informative, and, and all of that. And, and we have Morgan from Australia joining us and she's on cloud 9 she's joining us from cloud 9 way up there on cloud 9 because australia is in the women's final four which is huge a first time ever for australia and uh, we're going to talk to her about that and we might or might not be hearing from greg cody show's special correspondent chris cody live from nashville
3: pre-recorded from nashville
2: pre-recorded from nashville <laughs> you're right it will not be live that's why we said might or might not get him. We have
3: no idea. It's all live at some point. Exactly.
2: It will be live when he pre-records it. But first, I want to uh, say something about technology and uh, film, cameras, and all that. Um, you know, nowadays, you pick up your iPhone, you take a photo. That's your camera. It's your phone. There's a, you, you don't get these anymore. I'm going to hold up a picture that I found the other day of Christopher when he's like eight years old on his little bike going to school with michael in the background okay that's an actual photo it was actually developed michael looks kind of mad what michael looks like he's mad at chris he is he's jealous look at him he's got his chin down he's like my big brother is riding away on a bike and i'm just here in red pajamas but um, so, um, I'm in my garage the other <laughs> day, I, I open I, I open a box in my garage the other day. Cause I'm always rattling around my garage and, and I find a treasure trove of old undeveloped film. Oh yeah. Like I, I never know where the camera is like this kind of film. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of, a lot of it is still in canisters and this terrifies me because I don't know what's in here. <laughs> Or, or after all these years, would it even come out? You know, there's no. Is is there even a drugstore you go to now with a canister of thirty year old film
3: where they will develop it? I think you can still take it. Maybe even to Walmart. Really? Yeah. No, but there are places. I don't know where they are, but but you should. Yeah, you should check that. Greg, imagine the treasure trove that's in there. It's like a time capsule. It is. I want you to find a place this week, and then next week's show we can unveil the time capsule and show what pictures yeah. are on there if there's anything good.
2: Yeah, I am going to do that because, uh, it's sort of like going up into grandma's attic yeah, and finding, you know, some old air dusty heirloom and you don't know what's in it until you open it. And and this is the way I feel about, uh, a little film canister. I don't think this one is super old because it's plastic. It's right. not metal. But I mean, so it's part- at least 15 years. Oh, it, it, at least. I would say it's in great shape. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do that this week and we will report next week the, um, findings of, of some of these film canisters um a quick call back to, to last week's episode a couple of things first when we were talking about um dan and i and Lebo going to mardi gras for the first time i meant to mention that um that very first time the three of us were staying in a hotel room with either eight or nine guys because that was a long time ago. And none of us had much money. You know, nowadays, Dan would either buy the hotel or rent out the entire room or (laughs) rent out the entire entire hotel. Yeah. The entire hall or (laughs) Mike, buy me a hotel. Exactly. But then we all slept in the same room. And, uh, the terrifying thought, uh, occurred to me that, um, I slept in the same bed. We all drew straws on who's going to sleep where, and I slept in the same bed with, um, a writer named Jeff Miller is now with the Los Angeles Times. So that's just a little trivia item. Uh, the, the other thing I wanted to mention as a call back to last week, and this is more serious. Um, when I think back on, on that whole Zach Thomas so-called beef and how I handle that, uh, I, I do so with regret. And I want to mention to everyone, to the audience, that um, I wish I'd gone to Canton. I do. That's a, a, a regret I have. And um, I... I I don't regret being honest with you all, even though I was talking off air to Dominique Foxworth to drop a name and, and he mentioned that, um, he didn't, he didn't think I was wrong to feel the way I did, but he was surprised that I admitted it, that I put it out there publicly because it did make right. me look bad. And I recognize that.
3: Well, great. That, that, that's cool. Great. Yeah. No, cause I, it, it was a little, it was a little much, I'm not going to like shame you for it or anything. But, you know, like I I would have chosen to I probably I still would have gone if I had the invite.
2: Yeah, it was petty of me. It was petty of me to just change all my plans because he wouldn't do my podcast. And I I realize that now. But but here's the thing on my very first podcast from my closet in the spring of 2020, uh, I said to my audience, I want to be honest with you all. I want to bring you into my life. I want to be honest in every facet of my life, and and I want to speak to you as if we're friends speaking off the air. Uh, and just having a conversation. And so that was in the spirit of that. I admitted that I was hurt by him not doing my podcast. And, and the way I reacted was an overreaction.
3: That's cool, Greg. It's it's always good to reflect on things and be honest if you feel a correction or, or an adjustment is needed. So, yeah, very cool. And on that note, we teased this earlier uh, with
2: good reason. Because this is a great conversation with an expert in fantasy football. Just as you're figuring out who the hell to draft and who not to draft. It's Field Yates
3: from ESPN, that kind of thing. Fulfilling your fantasies with Field. That's right. Yates. Look who it is. What up, dude? What's up,
0: man? How are you? Listen, buddy, my dad just pulled a Gots and can't make it now. I hope that's okay. That it's just going to be me.
4: Well, you know, if I had to choose one of you to have, uh, it would be you, so don't worry about it.
0: Dude, honestly, and my dad would have been useless in this because we've started. We're already on. This is all for air. My dad yep. just texts me. He's like, I can't make it, please. Are you going to be good? I'm like, Dad, are you kidding me? This is like my favorite thing in the world. I'm fine. And he's like, ask him about his name. How does he have the name Field? I think your middle name is Minister. My dad, yeah. of course, looks you up. Like we're we're doing fantasy, so I'm like, Dad, make sure you come prepared. Yeah. And his big his big preparation is his middle name's Minister, and his name's yeah. kind of odd. Ask him about that. So yeah. go ahead. There's the field, great Cody question. Field
4: is where I was conceived. So that's that's where Field comes from. Uh, <laughs> and uh, no, only kidding. Uh, minister uh, Minister is my mom's maiden name. That's the easy part okay. of this equation. So I wish there was. I, I'm not. Um, I'm a spiritual, but not like
0: super religious person. Right. I'm
4: not like a regular church goer. Uh, the whole, like, do I have to say the cliche of like football is my church on Sundays? Minister um, of
0: fantasy, maybe. Yeah, yeah that
4: works. Minister, yeah. That, that could actually, that could be good actually right there. Um, and then, you know, my, my mom uh, definitely was, was hardcore. on trying to find a uh, fairly unique names for my siblings and I. My brother is Taylor, which is fairly conventional. My sister is caddy, like a golf caddy. So <laughs> uh, we, we did end up with... Um, Less traditional names, uh, certainly compared to uh, most of the kids we grew up with. I feel like now I'm 36. I feel like today the thing to do is name your kid something super unique. Uh, As a father of two now, I kind of feel like that was part of our mission uh, when we were choosing our children's names. But uh, yeah, it's kind of an old family name. It had never been a first name. My mom felt like rolling the dice and seeing if it would work out. How
0: do we feel about traveling with kids? Kind of stinks, huh?
4: I think it stinks. Like the idea. (laughs) So, our second child is only six weeks old. Uh, We have not been on a plane with her yet. But uh, I'm excited for football season for many, many reasons, not the (laughs) least of which is that it kind of keeps me tied or tethered to Connecticut. Um, Maybe like the occasional driving trip. Um, But I don't know. The idea of multiple children on a plane. We've had our 18 month old, I think she's flown three round trips total, three round trips total. Um, and she's been fine. Like we haven't had yeah. one of those, like we haven't gone viral for the wrong reasons. Uh, but man. It's just different.
0: It's Vacations anxiety. are just different. It's like Probably. you get back from a vacation with kids and they're like, you oh, did you have a vacation. good time? And you say yes. You say yes when they ask you if you had a good time. But in your mind, you're like,
3: "Those you are right.
4: Yeah, it was fine. It was tolerable. <laughs> Not only that,
0: um, I would say the other
4: part of this is weekends are weekdays when yes. you become parents. Weekdays yes. are weekends like Monday morning used to be like the Sunday scaries do not exist. I get up on Monday morning and my older daughter's in daycare. Like when I, and I love that girl more than anything. You, know, yeah. you have that special bond. Like my, my yep. youngest daughter is only six weeks old. So it's like our bond is very much like she just sort of depends on me. Right. Um, I, I, I don't, it's not like we talk, right? Like she has no way of communicating <laughs> other than crying. Um, my older daughter, we're like, you know, we're buddies. It's like, she's my, yeah, my delight. Best. But on Monday when she goes back to school and I know she loves it too. So I'm okay saying this, yeah. right it's like for the next five days, we have whatever it is, 40 hours of coverage. That is lovely.
0: <laughs> You're so right, man. It's so funny. Is fantasy even fun for you anymore? Uh, it is. Yeah, no, it really... Uh, here's what I would say. And I know I cut you off before you even answer that question or ask that question.
4: At all, is full. And I may sound like the worst fantasy analyst ever as a result of this. But I truly believe that at the end of the day, my job is not to win every league that I'm in and know 5 million things that the consumer doesn't know. My job is for the people that, I always use my brother as an example, but anybody you know who is a football fan, but not a junkie, who doesn't want to take the time to figure out whether Jalen Waddell is off the injury report or whether he's actually questionable to play on sunday and oh by the way there's supposed to be three hours of rain in miami during the game and by the way they're playing against whatever the jets defense maybe has the best secondary in football uh and by the way um you know it's it's mike white starting does that mean that i shouldn't start him like he just wants me to come to him on sunday morning and just say like yes or no basically i tell people it's (laughs) like i want to present you with a tiny little package it's a gift that gift is a ranking that represents something um but my, my I, I don't have any expectation of like winning every league that I am in. Right. I just want to have a lot of fun. I want Sundays to be dramatic. I want them to be, uh, hopefully, uh, like, you know, exciting in a positive way, but I am also embracing the letdowns. Like I am going to kick myself for making wrong lineup decisions. And no matter how long you've been doing this
0: and no matter how confident you feel in your picks, you're going to have significant whips that I think are part of the experience. I, I feel like I heard you say last year or in recent years that you do in the in the in the ballpark of like over twenty drafts, like how many leagues would you say you're in? I would think this year, it always changes by a little bit each year. You always say uh, you're cutting back, right? I do this with yeah, my I wife. Always, yes. She's like, I How many leagues you're in? You're like, I'm cutting back. back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And
4: uh, but what happened was I cut back a couple of years ago because I was I was finding like my my balance was a little bit off in my life. <laughs> uh, I think I was just oh you know, it was when my wife was pregnant with her first child, and I was like, I gotta be a little more present and yeah. like you never know what could happen. Um and then a year later I was like, I need more market research. So I think I went from like twelve to six to ten. Okay. And this year it'll probably be around a dozen. There are a few okay. that are, are keeper leagues, dynasty leagues that I've been in forever that will never go away. And then like in, in over the past couple of years, I've had ten team leagues, redraft leagues that have come together out of nowhere, or like a new right. friend group. Like I moved in the past couple of years. Yeah. My new my buddies down here want to play in a league this year. Are we gonna do it or are we not gonna do it? Um and then you have like like groups that for whatever reason grow apart and while fantasy yeah. can keep you together um it's also it, it takes some effort right like finding a date a date to do the draft and then making sure that you have if like, it's a 10 team like 10 invested managers like yeah. that to me is essential um, and that's like the one requirement for fantasy league it's just like I don't want to have like two absentee managers who are worst. starting players on buys that it, ju- it just it I get it like
0: someone has to win and lose every matchup it just takes away a little bit of the mojo of the league my brother is that guy he's in almost uh, all my leagues and he's the one every week every Sunday I got to send him a text I'm like dude it's a bad look you're a Cody Let's yeah, go. like come on now like get your act together a little bit it doesn't and that's what I tell people about
4: fantasy football the secret sauce of it is that it's not that much Effort it takes some, right. but not that much, right? You can probably check like waiver sometime between Monday, Tuesday, maybe Thursday morning. You get up just to ensure that your Thursday night players are accounted for, and then it's like check in Saturday
0: night or Sunday yeah. morning,
4: and you're there. Oh, it's are the good. Best.
0: No, the best is around eleven or noon. You throw on fantasy now, and you just you just you're on oh, the couch, yeah. and you're just that's the best. I love a, a good noon making sure all the lineups are good. Do you have of these dozens of leagues that you're yeah. in? Do you have any that you just are parent? You've just had bad luck in and you get mocked because you're Field Yates. Yet, yeah. You've never made the playoffs in like six years or something.
4: Funny, like the league that I'm in with my best buddies from college, I think is like year maybe 10 or 11 now. And They're like, oh, Big Field won. Yates, can't yeah. win it. And uh, it's so it's me and my five buddies from college, and then six buddies from a rival college Ooh. and it's so it's uh two of the guys are brothers uh so I went to Wesleyan I went and then the other guys from Williams, and there was just so much smack talk, but in that league, it weirdly is like I would love to win it 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 bothers me to no end that I haven't won it yet. <laughs> Uh, It's a keeper league. It's this keeper salary league with this kind of goofy format. But what bothers me more than that is if you ever lose the league, because if the loser of what we do is the loser of the league has to write a check to the opposing college, like to their annual fund. So like you're donating. Uh, And so it just, it it actually has become one of those where like the loser carries more shame then the winner carries pride, if that makes sense.
0: It does make sense. Can you back me up on my number one rule in all of fantasy? It's something I fight for more, because I'm not a big, like, when it comes to voting on rules. I don't really have strong opinions either way on most things. But one thing I despise in fantasy is divisions. If I have 12 teams, it's like we're not traveling. The reason divisions exist in real sports is because it's like these teams are all in this area. And it's just, it's one of those things that I fight for I just am like, why are we doing divisions? It's the it's my least favorite thing. Is there anything in fantasy that do you agree with me? And what annoys you in these type of discussions in fantasy leagues?
4: No reason for divisions, unless there is something that I have missed in my, whatever, 15 years of playing and 10 years of doing it professionally. I, I have no justifiable reason behind divisions in fantasy. They are nothing more than window dressing. I suppose right. it's one way to split the league up if you, like we do have the, I mentioned that that the two colleges, like I guess there's like a tiny bit of practical
0: application. Uh, That makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, That would actually make sense in your spot. If all of the one college were in one division, all those, like that would at least be like, all right, these guys have a reason for it. Then that would at least make a little sense.
4: Even though it's very unlikely that you'd have six teams out of 12 all come from the same division. It just guarantees that you have at least one from either school represented in the playoff field every single year. But there are a couple of things that like, I'm not crazy about in fantasy. You know, um, I, I don't actually, I like kickers and defenses. Um, Me too. Because I... I, I it's I part of the game. Yeah, like, part of what makes this so fun is the randomness of it. And I like the idea that like my team could stink this week, like I could have whatever. I could have, um, you know, Justin Herbert go for eight points and Austin Eckler, his teammate, could go for just 12. And next thing you, but like, but I did have, you know, whatever. Ryan Suckup had seven field goals and I won because of Ryan Suckup. Yes. And like, you of know what? Like, I had no, like, I had no forecast for Ryan Suckup one way or the other. Oh, I just know that he's looking, like or, you know, when he was still playing, he was a good kick, right? That was like my criteria for utilizing him. Um, So I think the randomness is fun. Yeah.
0: Um, if Ramondre Stevenson can lose me a game in the playoffs last year, why can't some random kicker win me one? So well put. Like
4: that—that that, that is part of what I love. I love on Sundays when it's like one oh four, and it's like oh, first touchdown of the day is scored yes. by Alec Engle, the guy that literally nobody <laughs> talked about for the past seven days. So um, other things that might be pet peeves in fantasy, you know, this maybe this makes me the outlier here. I do a lot of drafts. And mock drafts with people that are in this business. And um, maybe it's because of like two kids now and like a busy, you know, typically a busy month of August. Like when I'm in a mock draft, it's extremely rare for me to take the full 90 seconds on the clock to make a pick. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, the person with the third pick uses 85 of 90 seconds. The worst. And I'm like, okay, all you got to do is you got to say, all right, who are the three players I love the most this year? Right, Justin Jefferson, Austin Eckler, and Jamar Chase. Yeah. They have, and, and if either of if any of those three are available, I take Ooh. one. If two out of three are available, I'm here to tell you, like you can figure out which <laughs> of those three you like the most, what you like the least. In the real NFL draft, we always we always talk about this. The first pick, why are the Panthers using nine minutes when they've yeah. you know, known for, you know, for a month, it's going to be Bryce Young. Yeah. That's for entertainment, right? Like that is The NFL, I'm sure, advises them, do not make the pick right away. We have the broadcast window until midnight. Build some drama, let's have some fun. I've always felt like uh in mock drafts like uh, for especially mock drafts, like have a little conviction, right the draft is just the starting point, yeah, so that's that will be one of my pet peeves is when. If it's the yeah. late rounds and you got distracted and you realize with 30 seconds, you're on the clock and you have to choose between like, you know, Zay Flowers and like Jacoby Myers, you can take some time and marinate over thought like th- those kind of conversations um, or decisions. But at the beginning of the draft, especially oh,
0: when it's like the worst,
4: I took all this time and I landed on, <laughs> oh, Derrick Henry, right? Like, like, you know, haven't you thought about this a bit more? Maybe I'm being
0: mean. Dude, that is so funny. Um, all right. I'm a first-time auction guy. Okay. Yeah, okay. Just give me. I don't want to spend too much time on something personal for me. I have a bunch yeah. of random spe- fireball questions I want to get to fireball. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Rapid what, fire. I don't know why fire? I say fireball. fireball. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <drink. laughs> just give me give me thir- thirty. It's okay. A little overrated actually. Give me thirty <laughs> seconds <laughs> yeah. on auction. Just give me like advice. First-time auction guy. I know I'm yeah. doing more tiers yeah. than rankings. Like you yeah. got to tier your guys. That's what I've heard. I'm listening yeah. to pods. Oh yeah. yeah. What would you give me? Hit me. Three quick pieces. First of all, like. Have a general idea
4: of what you think the star players are, right? And everything's, you know, if, if, if you're playing with a $300 budget, all right, do I think that Justin Jefferson is worth 18% of it, whatever 18% of 300 is, have that yeah, number, right? Um, that's number one, is have a general idea. You got to be flexible, have a general idea. Number two is like, typically, whether you want to call it the stars and scrubs strategy, where it's like, you pay big for like five or six guys, and then you prepare to just take like flyers on guys for a teeny tiny amount. If you are playing in a keeper league that has an auction side of it, always go and find a player who is injured that you think is going to be good in subsequent years. Because what happens is it's a keeper league, so you can keep that player.
0: Yes, Most
4: sites will rank the players based off projected scoring points. I play in this, I mentioned that league that I have uh, been in for too long and I haven't won yet. Maybe (laughs) I will win it this year on the strength of Calvin Ridley. uh, Because last year during the draft, he was showing up as a zero projection. I waited it out until I was the last freaking person in that draft room. And I was like, I need to have $1 yes. left because I know nobody else is going gra- to draft Calvin Ridley because no one else is going to think of it. So always, if you're playing in a keeper league with the with salary cap or an auction format, just make sure that you keep an eye on players who are going to be available either early in the season or at all, because it's a great way to secure some value in subsequent years.
0: I've heard it. one of the strategies is also don't even show up for like the first half hour of the draft. <laughs> I have a like draft. You're just going to overspend. Con- yeah,
4: I have a draft, uh, an auction draft at 7 one night and another draft that starts at 7.15. Two of the very few drafts that are already on the books. And when the, I was in a league where all the guys, like eight of the 10 guys live in the same area, so they're going to be together. And it's kind of like whatever they want to do works. And the commissioner, uh, I'm not one of those eight, uh, was like, hey, we're doing this on this night at 7.30. No if, ends, or buts about it. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. Like, I'll do them at the same time. Because to your point, the first few rounds of that, you know, that, that live snake draft, I need to be more focused in on yes. than like the first portion of the auction draft. Because no matter what people tell you, there's gonna be a couple of people in your draft that just wanna go crazy and spend their entire budget within the first yeah. five minutes.
0: That's it's why like and these mocks in the mock drafts. Everyone goes for one dollar over what it says. So all my friends are telling me this is not how it works in the real draft. Guys are gonna go way over, you know what I mean? Because in these mock drafts, when I'm mocking with a bunch of computers, I can always get almost any guy I want for one dollar more than what he's going for. Totally, so it's yeah, I don't feel like I'm getting a good gauge of what it's really gonna be like in the draft, but I don't know. I definitely think I'm gonna first year strategy. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna go crazy on like the top guys. I'm gonna try sure. to find the value. That's what I'm gonna go with. Give me the celebrity, biggest name celebrity who regularly texts you privately for fantasy advice? Ooh, um, regularly, um, Not reg- or has, probably.
4: The, you know what, in the past, like, so had a really cool league we played in a few years ago. That was like, I mean, it was like incredible. It was Zach Efron, Elizabeth Banks. Um, we had Darius Rucker, we had wow. Evan Longoria, we had Kevin Durant. Um, we had like some serious heavy hitters, like, um, nice. I am know I'm like, Oh, forgetting a hand of oh, miles. Teller was in it. I've talked I've, I've, a little bit like with miles teller gone back and forth a tiny bit. I don't want to make this seem like, you know, yeah. miles and I are like, you know, two yeah. peas in a pod. You, you know, I'm sure he has uh, probably like zero memory of my existence entirely. <laughs> um, but uh, that was a fun league to play in. There was, we that would have been like year two or three of our celebrity league. And uh, the first year we played in that celebrity league, I made the finals against KD and, I think it was, so obviously the finals are like, you know, call around Christmas. So it must've been like ESPN had a game that Durant, he was either with the Thunder or the Warriors at this point, was going to play in. So they had like some, sit down with him and he like taped something. And they were like, they, did, they didn't tell me that he taped something. Well, he taped this video, trash talking me before the matchup and it aired on SportsCenter. And it was like extremely like, you know, serious, <laughs> like kind of scary Kevin Durant. Um, who I, I'm like a I love Kevin Durant mostly because of his Twitter activity. I just think it's absolutely hysterical. Yeah, he's great. Um, he's just I mean, I, I, I some people think it's ridiculous. Just not love it. I just think it's awesome. Um, so yeah. as if that wasn't enough reason to like him, the fact that he trash talked me and then he did beat me. He beat me in the finals as well. Um, he, so I would have loved to have taken him down. But uh, that was a cool moment where I was like, I could lose by 100 points on Sunday. But like forever, I'll be able to send my buddies like, hey, Kevin Durant trash talked me one time about fantasy football. How dumb is this world that, <laughs> that we live in? That is cool. It is cool. That was fun.
0: All right. Let's get you out of here with some facts for the people. Just some rapid fire or fireball, whatever we want to do here. Shots. Yes, uh, fireball shots. Yeah. Got, just give me generally guys you're avoiding this season. Just give me three, maybe All three right. guys.
4: Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to default always to injury players. Uh, so J.K. Dobbins is one for the Ravens. Not practicing right now on the PUP list. Uh, on top of that, obviously, there's the, the contract question mark. It's very, very weird, to be honest. The vibes are very off right now for him in Baltimore. So he's one that I am generally fading this year. Um, I've talked about uh, Mike Williams a lot. talked about it actually on our show. And just, you know what you're signing up for. Like in fantasy yeah. football, like, you sort of like the predictability. And very few guys offer it. Like not everybody can be Nick Chubb where you just kind of know every season you're going to roll them out and get you know top eight running back play. Um, Mike Williams... I make sure I get the stat correct as we talked about it on the show earlier today. I want to say over the past five seasons, see if I can get this right. I think I want, to, I want to say it's something like 21 games in the top 20, which is not bad, right? That's an average of four top 20 weeks per season, 39 games outside the top 40 of wide receivers. So it's like you're, you're getting that yo-yo player. He might be great or he might, you know, crash and burn and that's a problem. Um, and then one more would be, uh, you know, I got to be honest with you. Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs are both making me pretty nervous right now. Jonathan Taylor, especially because, uh, with Josh Jacobs, like there's not that many cards he can play. Like, it's not like the possibility of him signing a multi-year extensions on the table anymore with Jonathan Taylor. Like anything could happen. He could be traded. Yeah. He could be, you know, he could be back tomorrow, but that one for like, it's gotten so publicly nasty, but the idea of Jonathan Taylor missing games to begin the season, not off the table. With the Raiders, even though like he, they ha- they did not give Josh Jacobs what they what he wanted in a multi year deal, they've maintained publicly at least some professionalism about the relationship. That's not the case in Indianapolis, and when that happens, you know this could be a, like a knockdown dragout fight for a while.
0: Now let's play a little game. I like to call "How High Is Too High?" Bijan Robinson. How high is too high to draft Bijan Robinson? I-, I think he's going to go in the top three in most every draft, and I don't top think three? it's crazy. Yeah, truly. I've, I now, thought he's happens, like ADP around eight or nine I've been seeing. But
4: I bet you as we get closer to the season, people, it's, I call this shiny object syndrome in, in fantasy football, right? People want the cool new thing. And he is as cool as there is amongst the new things in fantasy. And um, yes, the Falcons have not maximized their top talent in recent years. It is extremely easy to get the football to a running back. You just turn around and hand yeah. the ball off to the left or the right. If you take a running back eighth overall and don't use him about as much as any running back in the NFL, then like, we need to have a serious conversation with your coaching staff. It's organizational negligence. So I'm hoping that common sense prevails in Atlanta and he justifies the top three or five picks
0: because he'll go that high. I thought Kyle Pitts was going to be can't miss with the Falcons and he's been just meh. So anyway, <sighs> right,
4: Gary I mean, Wilson. I've made way, way too many, way too many. Like, uh, like Falcons have drove, driven me nuts over the past yeah, year right? way too much. But I'm hoping that, like, at least in the case of Kyle Pitts, like the quarterback has to be okay for him to be good. Right. With the running sure. back, I think I could be the quarterback, and Bijan would still have a great season.
0: <laughs> uh, put that on the poll, w- Garrett Wilson. How high yeah. is too high? I think he'll end up being one of the top
4: ten wide receivers drafted. I think anything in the top twenty picks is about where he's going to wind up, and I think that's about fair. Like, I think fifteen is probably like about the maximum threshold that I would go. You just like there's so many good receivers because if Garrett Wilson's going higher than like wide receiver eight. It means he's displacing someone from this pool. Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, Ceedee Lamb, like a Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Like, which of those players are you saying, okay, I love Garrett Wilson. I also don't think this guy's going to perform. All of those eight wide receivers feel extremely safe to me this year. Like, extremely high floor and obviously massive ceiling. Did you say Cooper Cup in there? I did. If I didn't, I meant to include him.
0: Yeah. How high is Cooper? I'm only saying that because my next one is how, with the injury questions, how high is too high for Cooper Cup?
4: All right. So I thought there was a time this offseason where you could justify him as the number one overall pick. I might back down from that a tiny bit. And here's the reason why. The Rams might be a house of cards. What happens if in week eight, the Rams are two and five, Cooper Cup gets a little bit of an ankle sprain, right? And you're like, he's Cooper Cup. This team needs to avoid the middle. They don't want to be, you know, they don't want right. to finish the season seven and 10, they would be better served to be in the Caleb Williams slash Drake May sweepstakes. If that happens, then why would you play Cooper Cup? So I think there's a bit of a a house of cards nature to this roster. I just think though, he's so freaking good. And for as great as he was two seasons ago, when he was the best player in fantasy, up until that game, he got hurt last year. He was averaging more fantasy points per game. And it's not like the Rams were good last season. People say, well, how can he be good in the Rams if they stink? Hey, I just need him on the field. And and preferably Matthew Stafford as well because he is such a target vacuum and even in a year in which every team was like we're going to stop Cooper Cup we're going to find a way no one could do it it's much trickier without getting too like um, you know X's and O's on you Dan Orlovsky style here um, it's hard to it's harder to lock down a slot receiver than it is a perimeter receiver because there's just so much more traffic in the middle of the field that defensive players have to navigate, that when you're on one, when you're Jalen Ramsey on the outside and all you got to do is cover that one guy on the outside, it's a little bit easier to put together game plan wise than a middle of the field receiver like Cooper Cup.
0: Three guys you'd be happy with in the 10th round or later.
4: I have to go make sure they're still going in the 10th round, but I'm pretty sure they are right now. Jordan Addison, big time all in on the Vikings' first round pick. Zay Flowers, Ravens wide receiver, first round pick as well, who apparently has been one of the stars, if not the star of training camp. And then one more wide receiver, Elijah Moore from the Browns. Who was a good player? For the Jets uh, fell out of favor for whatever reason, and then the Jets, uh, for obvious reasons, this past offseason, um, did some things that were more catered to like all-in winning, right? They wanted to, they needed some extra draft capital to apply to uh, acquire Aaron Rodgers. They got that in the Elijah Moore trade, and they wanted to sign Randall Cobb to make Aaron Rodgers happy. So Elijah Moore became I don't know about superfluous, but in their mind, this year probably would have
0: been a bit redundant. If Bijan Robinson is not the number one rookie, who is? I will go Jordan Addison. I think the answer should be Jameer Gibbs, but
4: I'm I'm in on Addison. I I am in. I I am planting my flag there on a guy who, um, unfortunately, the only headline he's made so far in his NFL career is driving like 140 miles per hour. Yeah. Um, I didn't, obviously, that that was, you know, that's poor decision making, but the role is so good in a high volume passing offense with a good but not spectacular quarterback. Like, I think you could see 100 targets this season. It would not surprise me at all.
0: Last game on the way out. First overall pick, Cereal, go. Um, I will go with Cinnamon Toast
4: Crunch. And the only other one that I consider was Lucky Charms. Sports movies. Number one uh, overall would be, remember the Titans. Basketball, if we include that, would also be a strong
0: contender. Basketball's great. Fantasy drafter, you can't say yourself. If you needed somebody, like who in this world? It can be someone at ESPN. It can be someone else. Just like who does Field Yates look to for fantasy advice when he's not? Or do you check your own advice? That'd be weird.
4: Uh, I mean, I try to, you know, I try to have like fairly unvarnished thoughts when it comes to fantasy. Like I want to make sure that what I'm thinking is not influenced totally by others. Uh, But Mike Clay at ESPN is an absolute machine. And he's got a different approach than I do. Like he is so analytical. It's like everything is is sort of the byproduct of several numbers that crunch and and gives you like this output. I do obviously incorporate numbers. uh, But some of it is just like What do I see? Like, it's a guy super talented. Is the offense strong? Is this uh, a role that should be conducive to fantasy? Do I like his quarterback? Things like that that are a little bit more, I don't know, filmy, but maybe circumstancy than they
0: are uh, analytical. Tell the people where they can find you this season, all your fantasy stuff. So I think the best way to do it in this age that we live in, youtube.com slash
4: ESPN NFL is where a lot of the new football content is going. Fantasy Focus is the podcast that I do every day, Monday through Friday and we're always live streamed on YouTube. So um, I don't know like what a lot of subscribers is on YouTube, um, but we're trying to get up to 200K from, I think, 188K right now. So if you want to be 188001, here's your chance to do so.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Field Yates, Field Minister Yates, Minister of Fantasy Football. Thank you, man. It's fun catching up. Right back to you. I always appreciate it. Let's do it again soon, please. With Greg next time.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay, thank you, Field Yates. I can tell you the entire coaching staff and executive board of Greg's Lobos were (laughs) listening raptly, taking notes, furiously taking notes, Because our draft is coming up as well. So
3: thanks, Field. Really appreciate it. If you need good fantasy advice for your football team, follow Field Yates. If you want to fulfill other fantasies in your life, there's no better way to do that than a quality set of sheets from Sheets and Giggles. They are awesome. We've had them for a little over a year on my bed now, and I love them. I went on a trip to uh, Birmingham recently, and the hotel I slept in, the bed was comfortable, but the sheets were just rough. And warm, and it wasn't awesome. It was the opposite of awesome. But, uh, Sheets and Giggles, Sheets, I loved coming home and being able to wrap myself in the eucalyptus lyocell that is cooling. It's soft, it's so soft, and it's just a pleasurable sleeping experience. So, go to slash Greg, use promo code Morgan for 23% off. I, I hit on this last week, you, Morgan gets you more a higher percentage off than Greg does. Um, <laughs> what does that say? I don't know. But we're thankful for their sponsorship of us, and they're uh, helping fulfill some of Morgan's fantasies by le- allowing her to go support her country on their home field at the World Cup this year. So sheetsguggles.com slash Greg, promo code Morgan, 23% off. Make your fantasies come true with a great set of sheets from Sheets and Giggles. And speaking of our World Cup correspondent from Australia... I see a very excited Morgan on the Zoom. She's calling us from cloud nine,
2: celebrating the Aussies being in the Women's World Cup Final Four for the first time.
1: Yeah. I don't have much of a voice left. No, it's um, gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wow. I am absolutely beside myself. I cannot believe what happened tonight. It was incredible. Um, this is the... Greatest result we've ever had at a World Cup, women's, men's, anything. And to have been there to have witnessed the longest penalty shootout in history as the World Cup was incredible. Wow. And it happened right in front of me.
3: You were right there. Like that was, you were in front of that goal. That was amazing. Incredible view. Yeah,
1: but that wasn't even my seat so <laughs> <laughs> it got too strong in it no the person who that was oh he got tickets off the same person um but my ticket was near where his friends were so he asked if we could just do a swap pre-match and what an error he made yeah was, really <laughs> he, he, wow. was, he was absolutely nowhere near where that happened
3: <laughs> oh wow
2: now Mor- morgan um I know you and I have been beefing about how fast a wombat runs, but I want to set that aside for a minute. We're going to get to that in a minute. First, truly, I want to congratulate you because I don't know how you feel, but when I watch a World Cup, I can't watch it as an impartial journalist. I'm watching it as not as a writer, but as an American. I get patriotic. You know, When my country wins the World Cup, I feel national pride that I don't always feel. And And I wonder, Morgan, how much of that was in your emotion uh, just the idea of my country australia you know the national pride patriotism how much of that was wrapped up in the way you felt watching that win and the way you feel right now
1: it's it's really incredible to be in a crowd of people who are all supporting the same team um there's, there's something really special about that when everybody in the crowd is going for the same for the same team and we all want the same thing and, and I think Australians we're not as patriotic as some other countries are, but we're pretty proud of of who we are and, and how we um uh, perform on the B stage because right. we are a very small country people wise. Yeah, um, we have twenty million people here. <laughs> we don't even like soccer, and this has been <laughs> like like as a sport we don't even like soccer. But this has been the most attended women's sport women sporting thing in the history of the world. We don't have any people, we don't like the sport, and we're still turning up. It's amazing. Um, the Matildas have absolutely brought together our country and shed light onto what women's sport can be if you just put some time into it. It's amazing. And I think we've hosted it well. There hasn't been any problems with any, anything. Everyone has raved about how great an event it has been. And so that's massive kudos to everyone involved in that. But as someone who's been to three different venues now, um, just the joy of people celebrating and just being in the environment that is the World Cup is really fun. It's great.
2: Morgan, you're, um, you're calling from a cave. It's very dark where you are. We, uh, I'm, I'm not...
1: calling from a pool. Oh, from a pool? Yeah, because I live in Melbourne, it's cold time, like in winter. I'm, I'm in Queensland now, in Brisbane, and it's really warm here, so I in the <laughs> pool.
3: Okay. <laughs> I wondered where you were. Oh, are you sitting in the pool? Yeah. Coming many us live from a pool? A pool of the French tears is what you're sitting in. All
1: right. Oh, I can't live in Francais.
2: <laughs> so you were, you were literally a pool reporter, which is a phrase in journalism.
1: Oh, look, I'm very good at this reporting, Greg. I don't know if you know this. I'm getting, very good. I'm getting good at it. G-
2: give us a quick analysis of the final four, which is England favorite over Australia, and Spain, oddly enough, is the betting favorite over Sweden, even though Sweden is the number two ranked uh, or the number three ranked team in the world. Uh, how do you Sweden, these two?
1: I think Sweden Sweden have been very lucky, very lucky um to be where they are. I don't think that they um really did a lot to show that they belong in the final four. Um, but they're there, um, so they're getting it done. And whether they're winning ugly or they're winning by five goals, they're getting it done, and it doesn't matter. So they are where they are. Um, Spain, um, I, I see why they would be favourites over them, um, but I'm very interested in the Vegemite v Marmite. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the the real battle that is to come. Um, I think if we beat them, we should make them get off our flag or something. and Leave us alone. <laughs> and Become a republic, <laughs> and then like crown stamp of the queen of Australia or something. I I just keep waiting for us to show ourselves to not be in this echelon, and we haven't. And it's been really, really exciting to like feel like we belong for once because we don't belong on the football stage, but we do now. <laughs> it's like really good.
2: That's a good point, but Australia was. is the number 10-ranked team in the world. So from that standpoint, it's not a total Cinderella thing. I mean, it's a pretty good side.
1: Oh, no. It helps to have the best player in in, in the game, so they say. um, A rising tide lifts all boats. So, like, she's making those around her better. Um, Mary Fowler is 20 years old, and she walked up, and she took that penalty like an absolute assassin tonight. Um, To have our goalkeeper miss a goal, walk back into the net and save two penalties in a row with a baller move, like a baller. Yeah. And not only did she save a goal, it was the save was disallowed. She had to take it again and he saved it again. It was incredible. So Mackenzie Arnold, congratulations, the new Minister of Defence here in Australia. Uh, <laughs> we, we
3: bow down to you. All right, let's let's get to the real debate because we got to get moving on. But uh, wombats, Greg. You guys are arguing about wombats. I'm going to put my own. Did you see All right, listen, 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 Greg, what Greg is saying is reported online. But Greg, I looked for videos of wombats running at full speed. No one has them. No one has them. I saw, I've saw wombats running. I saw one even dumbass wombat run into a fence, but I did not. I've not seen one running at a speed that I would consider faster than I could run.
2: Okay. Um. Morgan, have you been able to engage a wombat in a foot race?
1: Yeah, I've spoken <laughs> to three, Greg. I've spoken to three this week.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: My my cousin's wife, who braids my hair, Bridget, thank you very much, for my green and gold braids, um, she used to live in the country, and she's like, my parents have, like, wombat holes all around their property you could go up there and just wait for one to come out and see if you could chase it (laughs) how long am i supposed to sit there and wait for a wombat to appear (laughs) (laughs) like i just like like i'm I'm in the starting line and waiting for the gun when when the wombat appears i go like i don't know i don't think it's gonna be worthwhile
2: okay but but i mentioned uh, Morgan, I mentioned what if uh, you dropped um, a tiger into that pen, and you kindly mentioned uh, with geographic accuracy that you don't have tigers in Australia. But okay, but, but listen,
1: you know what? They probably wouldn't like kind of ten bolt then. They don't have to. All
2: right, I want you up. to pretend. You, Use your imagination,
1: Greg. Do you know we don't have bears? I,
2: I, I get that. You know, you're, you're yeah. you know dingoes. Uh, d- the dingo is uh, is the great predator. Or whatever. I get it. But picture. Okay, let's say a tiger materializes in that pen, okay? Knowing animal instinct as you do, do you think, A, the killer tiger is going to be interested in eating that wombat? The answer is yes. And do you think, B, that that wombat, using all of his animal instinct, is going to stand there and wait to be eaten or start running like Usain Womble?
1: They borrow, Greg. They borrow. They don't borrow. They don't run.
3: Okay. I'll take that as a victory.
1: <laughs> it's actually really cold in
3: this pool. <laughs> All right. So l- let's get you out of that pool and let's just say, Morgan, tell us who sent you there.
1: Uh my friends she's Sheets, and my mates. Not my friends, they're my mates. My mates are sheets and giggles. Um, premier sponsor of the Greg Cody show with Greg Cody. Use promo code Morgan at checkout, capital letters, 23% off. Everything you need to know about eucalyptus can be found on my Twitter. Um, check it out. Just go and see my friend the koala. Um, it took me four visits to the zoo for it to be awake. <laughs> um, but also, and, and a lesson for everyone. No matter how cute something
3: is, it can still have chlamydia. So- <laughs> <laughs> <Excellent>. Very true. <laughs> Thank you, Morgan. Appreciate it. Morgan, we'll check in with you next week. Um, you will check in with me next week? Um, I might, I've won a World Cup. That would be awesome.
2: All right. Go Matildas. <laughs> you never know. That's right. Well said. You never know. <laughs> Cheers, Morgan. <laughs>
1: Bye.
2: That was Morgan. Coming to us live from a pool. That was unexpected. A very poorly lit pool brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Not the poorly lit pool. The appearance. I, I think we got that, Greg. And now we go from Morgan to Messi. Same sport. Listen. <laughs> first of all, I am genuinely thrilled for Morgan from Australia to have Australia in its first ever women's uh, final four in, in the World Cup. That is so cool that uh, that her team is has gone farther than most people expected and, and is now two games away from win- two wins away from winning the World Cup. And, and in Miami down here, um, uh, since Lionel Messi, Lionel, sorry, Messi has joined Inter-Miami, they are five and zero. And he has scored eight goals. That's ridiculous. I don't care if it's a lower level of competition. Eight goals in five games is just surreal. And and now Inter Miami is in the the semifinals. They play Tuesday night at Philadelphia in the semifinals of the League Cup, Leagues Cup, which is tantamount to the North American Championship. Really, it's it's teams from Major League Soccer and from um, Mexico's Premier League, Liga MX. So. That's a pretty big uh, regional tournament, and Messi is heroically uh, leading Inter-Miami right through it with five wins in a row. So that's a a huge story down here. Another huge story down here, congrats to uh, Dwayne Wade of the Miami Heat, who entered the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame Saturday, richly deserved first ballot, sailed into Springfield Mass in the Hall of Fame. And I wrote this in a column. It's not a revelation because we've known it for a while. Dwayne Wade's the best athlete, the most accomplished, decorated athlete who's ever played in South Florida. Dan Marino held that title for a long, long time. It's Dwayne Wade's now. And so congrats to him. And now, either live or pre-recorded from Nashville,
0: it's special correspondent Chris Cody. You hear that thunder? That's Nashville. No, it's been a great time this weekend. A little rain here and there. But I'm at the hotel right now, Sunday afternoon. Uh, a wild weekend of celebrating love and celebrating good music. We were all around Nashville on Broadway all weekend. My dad wanted me to be in a bar, a festive, you know, Nashville on Broadway bar, and you know, give some good content. But I didn't do that because I was living my life. I was living in the moment. Um, so now, what you get is a video on Sunday afternoon, me just saying, "Hey." I was in Nashville this weekend, and I love my dad trying to make it seem like I haven't pulled my weight this interview when I conducted the entire Field Yates interview by myself because my dad couldn't make it. So, you're welcome for that, Greg Cody. I hope you guys held it down without me. I still don't know why I'm doing this report, really, because my dad just likes to have reports. I mean, he's, he makes it seem like he sent me here for the Greg Cody show. Isn't that a bit he wanted to get off the ground? Oh, yay. We send, we send, anytime Chris is traveling somewhere, it's on behalf of the Greg Cody show. Like, yeah, it's, it's a real clever bit there, Greg Cody. No one knows what we're doing there. Uh, anyway, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do here. Nashville is awesome, though. I, like, Yeti. Obviously would love Nashville It's like just every bar you go into Great music Saw a great funk band on Saturday night At a little hole in the wall bar Not on Broadway You know, Broadway's kind of where the, the amateurs go You know, all the tourists the, the, the real gold mines are just off Broadway And miles away from Broadway the, the Just good stuff all around But that's it Chris Cody reporting from Nashville Thank you, Greg Cody For making me do work always And never having a weekend off
2: Thank you, son, for doing as little to contribute to this podcast as possible. He'll probably say he still did more than you. It's possible that he's right. And now we want to get to dad jokes and then three facts, Jack. What do you think of that? Go for it, Greg. All right, here we go. Dad jokes. Number three, what kind of watch does Bigfoot wear?
3: I, I, I can't even think. A Sasquatch. Oh, damn, that's pretty <laughs> good. You'd think, you know, my cousin... Yeti's cousin would, you know, would have tipped me off on that, but he didn't. That's true. That's true. Your cousin is bigfoot. He will be sitting outside during the next family gathering. That's a dumb joke, too. (laughs) Yes, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, why did the shepherd's job suddenly get easier? Okay, hold on. on. I love how Yeti actually tries to figure these things out. I want to, because I want to get them all right and then retire the segment. Why did the shepherd's job suddenly get easier? Um. Because he hired a flocking machine. I don't know. (laughs) He got a staff. Ah, Number one, why was the nurse
2: afraid to go camping? I I don't know, Greg. She was told the area was full of poison IV.
3: That one's dumb as hell. No, it's not. It's smart as hell. That one's dumb. Sasquatch was great. That one, or Sasquatch was was really clever. That one is... Poison uh. IV. Yeah, somebody was really trying to, I really need to write a dad okay. joke, yeah. and they threw that right. one, and then you found it. Gah. And it's time now for what? There are three things that interest him, so sit right back for three facts, Jack.
2: Number three, the small spat, <laughs> spatch, the small patch of skin located between your superciliary arches. Hell yeah. Also known as eyebrows. Oh. Is called the glabella which is latin for smooth hairless or bald number 2 chickens outnumber humans by more than a 4 to 1 ratio the global human population is about 8 billion the food and agriculture organization says as of 2023 there
3: are almost 34.4 billion chickens alive Holy on earth crap. on any given day so we should be really wor- we should worry less about aliens and more about a chicken takeover for sure I mean, four to one. That's a McGill
2: question. How many chickens would it take to defeat an average-sized human?
3: Right, right, right. He'd probably wonder if roosters are, are included in that. Yeah, he and, would get uh, all technical and start asking about right, right, right. Well, first they'd go for your jugular with, the, with, the, with, their, uh, with their talons, and you know, yeah, talent, <laughs> but they'd have right. to get up high enough because they're kind of dumb. No, he'd never yeah. say they were
2: dumb. Razor-sharp razor talons. Number one, Miss Piggy, the famed Muppet character linked romantically to Kermit the Frog, has a full name. Oh, Muppets! Okay. Muppets creator Jim Henson derived the nickname Miss Piggy from her proper name, Pigathius Lee. Pigathius being Greek for River of
3: Passion. That That's fitting. It is. Pigathius Lee. I like that one. That's yeah. cool. That's a really good one. I try. Uh, I try. I don't try that hard, but I do try. <laughs> Greg, I think that's about an episode.
2: Is it really? That that's a. I, I feel like this was an action-packed episode to degree to the degree a podcast can be action-packed. Field Yates was great. Morgan from Australia was great. Congrats to uh, Dwayne Wade. Uh, that kind of thing and so forth and so on. I mean, we we appreciate all you <laughs> listeners. Come back every week. Bring your ears with you, and we love you like a pet. Believe me.
3: That kind of thing and so forth and so on. My gosh, Greg.
2: Thank you etc. and so forth is another
3: way to and put so it. Forth. Yeah. Greg, you know what happens today, uh, Monday the 14th, right? No, I don't. It's 15% off of everything at shop.thegregcodyshow.com. Wow. You can get your nice hats, you can get your morning man shirts, your Greg Cody show logo, you can get the Greg Cody face, you can get Nelly's Diner. Wow. So many things. Go get 15% off all week long, Monday through Friday, the 14th through the 18th at shop.thegregcodyshow.com.
2: Yes, do that, please, and tell your friends and uh, buy them gifts. Give them gifts. Make it a birthday gift. And so forth and so on and that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, et cetera, and so forth. Thanks, everybody. Love you.